And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena, and happy Friday. Happy Friday. Weeks are longer when we get a day off at the start of the week. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's actually shorter, but funny, funny how yeah. that works. But we've made I, it to I, Friday. Right. I forgot we had a, a shorter week this week. So, uh, yeah. Mm. It shows you how uh, in with the times I am at the moment. In so, with yeah. the times. <laughs> Ironic, because you thing? do have to keep up with the times to deliver <laughs> the headlines. That is true. <laughs> I am on top of that, though, so don't worry there. All right. No concerns there. All right, let's jump into some of the major headlines this morning. We're going to begin keyword news with this first pick of the day. Med strike. So resident doctors from Seoul's major hospitals known as the Big Five say they will leave the hospitals at 6 a.m. next Tuesday. This is, of course, in protest against the government's plan to increase the number of medical school admissions. What's the latest, Adam? Yeah, so this is basically kind of a, a strike, if you will, uh, in a way, because they're basically quitting uh, their jobs uh, or resigning en masse. Uh, so it is a collective action. Now, they made the decision after an emergency meeting near Seoul Station last night. It's something that the government has dreaded. Uh, it was relieved that an announcement of a general strike or collective action wasn't announced immediately. But they will eventually uh, conduct or carry out these collective actions next Tuesday. Now, uh, a res resident doctors from these five major hospitals are expected to submit their resignations by Monday and stop working and leave the hospitals starting from 6 a.m. the next day. Now, after leaving, they will join the Korean Intern Resident Association and join them or uh, follow suit in any collective action that they decide to carry out. And they also plan to survey all the training hospitals to see else uh, who else uh, will join them? Now, mm. currently, there are about 2,700 resident doctors working across these big five uh, hospitals. Um, this comes after doctors nationwide rallied against the government plan yesterday. The health minister has warned again that any collective action threatening the life and health of patients face legal action that could in some cases lead to medical licenses being revoked. Now the KMA, the largest uh, doctors group, is scheduled to meet this uh, Saturday, tomorrow in fact, to decide their course, um, next course rather, of action uh, after their strike or rally yesterday, not strike, excuse me, the rally yesterday. Mm. Now, the government views the likelihood of a full-scale strike or any other collective actions as low, but has stated it will respond strongly um, if necessary. Meanwhile, patients uh, have been expressing concerns about the ongoing standoff between the two sides. So they wish for a speedy kind of resolution uh, mm. through dialogue um, on the issue. But, of course, both sides are kind of putting their feet down, uh, not really uh, willing to budge on this issue. Mm -hmm. And so we're having several doctors groups, the KMA intern groups and residents groups. And uh, mm -hmm. now these big five resident groups um, also taking part in collective action. Will they come together as a whole in terms of mm -hmm. a whole collective nationwide collective action? That will, of course, be detrimental to mm -hmm. the nation's medical services. But uh, no such action has been made yet. But of course, we'll have to see how 
how the situation develops. Uh, but come next week, it seems, based on the schedule, I mean, we're talking about at least 2,700 resident doctors, as you said, right? So uh, somewhat of a disruption is still expected come next week. Mm-hmm. Leaving it there for now, uh, North Korea needs a friend in light of the fact that Cuba has joined hands with South Korea. Let's move on to our second keyword of the day. North Korea, Japan ties. It's not a coincidence, this timing. Kim Jong-un's sister has held out a rare olive branch to Japan, expressing a willingness to improve ties. What does she have to say? And the big question, of course, why? Yeah, so it's a very uh, awkward, well, not awkward, but uh, funny timing, isn't it, of uh, how South Korea uh, said it's going to develop diplomatic relations with Cuba, a longtime friend of North Korea, now North Korea in a situation or in 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 an era where the UN administration is trying to improve relations with Japan, North Korea suddenly reaching out to Japan Mm. uh, with this kind of olive branch. Now, she said in a statement that her country would be open to improving uh, ties with Tokyo. She even hinted at a possible future invitation to Pyongyang for the Japanese Prime Minister, uh, Fumio Kishida. But uh, she noted that was on the condition that Tokyo stops its unjust accusations against the regime's right to self-defense and does not use the already resolved abduction issue as an obstacle to the prospects of bilateral relations. So some caveats there. Now, Kim further emphasized that Japan needs to show courteous behavior and trustworthy actions based on mutual recognition. Those are her words. However, she clarified that these views were her personal opinion and that she does not uh, and she is not in a position to officially uh, evaluate North Korea-Japan relations. So she's putting it out there that she's speaking independently from uh, what the government or the regime in North Korea is thinking. But of course, Kim Jong-un's words often do reflect the position of uh, the North Korean Workers' Party. Now, um, Kim mentioned that she believes North Korea's leadership is not considering any plans yet for improving relations with Japan, emphasizing the need to observe uh, Fumio Kishida's true intentions further. Now, her remarks does come after Kishida last week actually told the UN that he felt a strong need to change the current relationship between the two countries. Now, NHK reports that the Japanese government is cautiously uh, analyzing the intent of Kim's statement, so whether it is genuine or if it is kind of a tit-for-tat for South Korea's uh, wanting of diplomatic relations with Cuba. But, um, yeah, I mean, it seems like both sides are not really... Um, well, Japan isn't really dismissive of the idea. Mm. Uh, they're certainly cautiously open to it, but mm. uh, we'll have to see. Uh, but that's because we're dealing with North Korea, right? I mean, the wait-and-see approach is kind of the proven track, if you will. Okay, we'll yeah. leave it there for now. But staying with North Korea, who oversaw the recent uh, set of uh, missile testing? Kim Jong-un, our third keyword of the day. New missile. So the leader, Kim Jong-un, has overseen a test of new surface-to-sea missiles and warned that the country would take a more aggressive military posture in disputed seas. Can you tell us more? 
Yeah, so this came a day after the North fired multiple cruise uh, missiles, which we reported on, of course. Now, uh, Kim supervised the test launches of the new weapon named Parasuri 6. Now, the missile reportedly flew for approximately 23 minutes, accurately hitting its target. Kim Jong-un said he was uh, satisfied with the results. Uh, the latest missile launch came two days, uh, of course, uh, before the 82nd birthday anniversary of the uh, late leader Kim Jong-il. I think I said yesterday it was the two days to go until the birthday of Kim Jong-un, but I was mistaken right. there, so apologies for that. But uh, yeah, he ordered a strengthened defense posture around islands near the western maritime border. He said this was to fend off what he called adventurous attempts by the South Korean Navy. Now, he accused South Korea of seriously violating sovereignty by infiltrating various combat ships into North Korean waters under the pretext of enforcing the Northern Limit Line, which he described as a ghost line without legal basis or justification. Of course, North Korea has never recognized the Northern Limit Line, and that's why there's been a lot of tensions uh, there in the past, including the North Korean sinking of a, a South Korean warship um, in 2010. So there's often been, you know, naval tensions there for many years because North Korea doesn't recognize it. It is a de facto maritime border uh, that South Korea has put in place, which, of course, um, mm. the North doesn't see as viable or legal. Okay, we'll leave it there for now so we can turn to perhaps better welfare for firefighters and police officers, our fourth keyword of the day. Injury compensation. So firefighters injured in firefighting and police officers wounded during the arrest of criminals will now be eligible to receive up to 150,000 won per day for medical expenses. Can you tell us the details of the plan? Right. So this is actually the first hike in such support in 15 years, in fact. Now, this is part of the government's update on the support for medical or nursing expenses for public officials injured uh, on duty, including those in dangerous jobs like firefighting and policing. Now, that 150,000 won... Uh, that you mentioned is actually more than double the current amount so quite a quite a jump there now currently public officials injured in hazardous duties receive medical expenses up to some 67,001 per day based on the severity of their injury or illness however the increase up to 150,001 will be regardless of their injury or illness as well now medical expenses will also be adjusted to reflect the average prices at medical institutions uh, nationwide the plan includes updating the fees for medical care items that are currently recognized at lower rates than actual treatment costs to effectively support medical expenses. Now, six new items and tests, which were not previously covered, will be added as reimbursable items and tests. Uh, rehabilitation costs, such as physiotherapy, will mm -hmm. also be supported. Uh, this support applies to injuries sustained while performing dangerous duties, of course. Um, uh, public officials who have already been approved for medical care uh, due to on-duty injuries related to hazardous tasks will also receive increased medical expenses from the implementation date of these measures. So it won't be for those who are injured after the fact. Now, for those currently hospitalized, the increased support will be applied retroactively from the start of hospitalization. Mm. Additionally, if robotic prosthetic limbs are deemed necessary for the return to duty of a public official injured on duty. The full costs will be covered after uh, review. Now, the government plans to implement these support measures by the end of next 
last month. As a result, 6,000 public officials injured on duty are expected to benefit from uh, these measures. Uh, you said it's a much overdue jump, right? 15 years, uh, double the yeah. amount. Uh, that's the least uh, we can do, it seems. That's agreeable, right? Any kind of frontline right. workers, anyone who is at risk of being hospitalized, firefighters, police officers, they would need to be covered by the government. Much, much right. overdue. Yeah, of course. I mean, there's been a lot of inflation, increased yeah. medical costs over that period of time. So when considering that, of course, yes, it is timely and... Um, and yeah, due. And I think it just it reflects the public sentiment around this topic too. Yeah, that's right. All right, let's move on uh, to a, a rather contentious issue. Uh, since the end of the Asian Cup, it has plagued the fate of the coach. But in light of a recent quarrel between the two star players, his fate comes into question further. That is our last keyword of the day. Klinsman's fate. So Korean football officials have recommended the dismissal of Jurgen Klinsmann as head coach of the men's national team. This comes after the country's disappointing semifinal exit at the Asian Cup. There was, I, I believe, Klinsmann joined via Zoom for that very extended group meeting yesterday. What's the latest? Yeah, where do we start? I mean, <laughs> how much time do we have? I mean, this our whole issue has, you know, been taking over headlines. It's uh, on you know, social media, YouTube, everywhere at the moment, a lot of discussions and opinions about it. It's become a, sports, a social issue. You're right. Sports, social section, uh, politics, uh, but yeah. all s politics at the KFA, particularly the fate yeah. of the coach um, and even the gossip columns. Right, exactly. So it's gone well beyond just sports news uh, at the moment. So it certainly is at the forefront of uh, the public's attention. Now, the Korean Football Association National Team Committee reached a consensus during its post-mortem meeting uh, yesterday. It concluded that Klinsman is unable to exert further leadership for various reasons and that a change is necessary. Uh, the committee mentioned that there was a lack of tactical preparation against teams Korea played for the second time during the the tournament and that Klinsman did not show enough initiative in scouting and selecting players. And there were also issues, of course, with team management, such as not properly addressing team atmosphere or internal uh, conflicts and failing to set rules and standards mm. as a leader. Of course, there was this whole talk of Lee Gang-in and Son Heung-min's uh, kind of rough up, if you will. Uh, Lee Gang-in um, facing some disciplinary action as well from his own club in uh, Paris. Now, uh, these, those are just rumours at the moment, nothing official. Mm. The, did they have an argument over table tennis was another kind of speculation as well. So mm -hmm. I can go on for that uh, in, for that <laughs> in hours don't. as well. <laughs> I won't. I'll keep it simple for now. Now, uh, the committee does not actually make administrative decisions. It left the decision, ultimate decision, up to the KFA's executive board whether to act on its recommendation. Now, Klinsman took the helm at Korea just a year ago and is facing the possibility of stepping down just one year into his tenure. His contract runs through the 2026 World Cup. There's also been questions about can the KFA afford to pay off the, you know, the let-off clause, if you will, mm -hmm. um, for uh, cutting the contract uh, off early? Um, and there were criticisms of the team's performance as well as uh, Klinsman's frequent trips abroad as well, among other issues that have led for calls for his dismissal. Uh, the KFA's chief uh, himself, Chong Myung Gyu, is also under fire for not properly handling uh, the situation. Um, now, the national team has upcoming World Cup qualifiers against Thailand in March next month. And with Klinsman, uh, Klinsman's potential departure, an interim coach likely from within Korea is expected 
expected to lead the team for these matches due to the tight schedule. That, of course, is if Klinsman does uh, leave or is fired from his position. All right, so all eyes are now on KFA President Chung Mong-kyu, who does have the final say. But at least based on a consensus out of the meeting yesterday, it does look like they want to push Klinsman out the door. We'll wait and see. Um, good yeah. job, kind of, you know, <laughs> get, getting down to the core of this, uh, today's headline. <laughs> this, this should be a whole segment in itself. but <laughs> That won't yeah. be hosted by me, I promise. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. I appreciate it. We'll see you next week. You're very welcome. See you next week. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.